Hello. Welcome to Hacks. This is a tech podcast. My name is Simon. As usual, although not always, I'm joined by Rob. It's Rob. Hello. And Rosemary. Hey, everyone. And look who is deigned to join us. It's Morale. Hi. Sorry I missed out last time. How was your time away in the colonies? <laughs> Smoggy? Hmm. Yeah. So this is probably going to be kind of a weird episode. We're stepping a little bit out of our of our comfort zone. We're not just going to bash uh, entrepreneurs or doomsay about the about you know ecology or anything like that. We're gonna we're gonna do as Salt and Pepper once did, and I'm showing my age here, and talk about sex specifically sex and the internet. And there's two sort of general topics. I what? Well, I mean, is I guess I should say sex and love on the internet, but you know these things uh, and desire are and and desire and all sorts of other and things. Power. Um, there's two sort of major topics on this umbrella subject that I, I want to get into. One of them I didn't even know I wanted to talk about until yesterday, really, because we are, uh, we're, none of us are based in Montreal, but I was visiting Montreal this weekend. And when I was there, I, I knew that the porn industry was really booming in Montreal. Um, there's a, a company operating out of there called MindGeek, that is um, involved with um, with Pornhub. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but essentially you've got a lot of people working in everything from scripting to content review. When I say content review, I mean reviewing unsolicited content. So think about what that means for a moment. It's almost worse than the people who like comb through the back end of Facebook for beheading videos. It's 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 truly ghastly. I'm not sure you could pay me enough to do that. And I recently found out that an old friend of mine who shall remain nameless is now work. Well, she has a side hustle uh, writing porn um, for particular companies. And she has a, you know, a stage name and all that. And she was telling me about how um, people will apply for writing gigs and they'll be told that they have to, you know, they have to provide certain scenes, they have to provide certain images, um, you know, for costuming, for sex positions, for whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, whatever it is they're looking for is, like anything else, guided by math. It's guided by algorithms. So apparently, like, what, what, whatever happens to be trending at the time, that's what they're going to try to, you know, write and produce. So Brett Kavanaugh porn, in other words... Oh. Toads. Oh. Oh. Rosemary, why? That's like all I can think oh. of is that still of his face looking like he's taking a shit from that. <laughs> so every, all of them, basically? <laughs> like a bloated. Like an angry shit? <laughs> like an angry shit. That's exactly it. I'm surprised that pornography has writers still. It's like, is she writing yeah, they dialogue? Do. Or... Uh, no, 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 no. Like every aspect is written. Like it's not just dialogue and scenario. It's also like action. what, like it's, yeah, it's, it's action. And it, you know, that you're supposed to come up with, um, they have you know, like sets of images that you can like open source images that you're supposed to match up with, like what your, what the positions are going to be. <laughs> and then you sort of figure out the rough order and then, you know, I guess you go to town. So she curates like mood boards essentially of fucking <laughs> wait how do you get this job 
It does sound like a good <laughs> you job. You apply. It's just like any other job. There's a lot of turnover, as you might imagine. Why? It sounds and turning over. <laughs> that was already the pun, Rob. Come on. And you get to live in Montreal. Sounds like a yeah, dream. Yeah, get to. Yeah. Get to. Um, but uh, anyway, I just thought it was so interesting. I mean, I would never in a million years work in that industry, I don't think. But this is huge in Montreal right now. Just massive. Did she talk about how the math goes into it? So the, the producers will come in with like a big sheet of like printer paper, like dot matrix printed paper and be like, we're doing sports this week or whatever. <laughs> and then they just have to do sports stuff. I didn't, it, it wasn't, we didn't get into it in like explicit detail. Um, I will say that she explained to me that, uh, yeah, certain topics are big. Like she was saying that right now the big thing is stepmothers. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so banal. Am I the only I, one? Uh, I know. That? I have. Is an- that what? Walt Disney porn? Is that what that is? I don't know. Walt like Disney. Cinderella? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's like prompting Like evil it. stepmothers? Or like... I, no, I, I think it's just regular stepmothers. Like it's... The thing is what it actually is, it's incest, right? But it's the closest thing that they can get to that while still keeping blood relatives out of it. It's a bit of an, a pedophile, a febophile sort of distinction. Right, if right. If you'll permit me. Well, well, I mean, yeah, okay. This is... That's, that's interesting. I have so many questions, though. Um... <laughs> I, I can't necessarily answer all of no, them. No, I know. But just to go back to, okay, so, you know, you get these open source images. Let's let's imagine we're all lucky enough to be writers um, working on this stuff. You, you get these open source images, and then you essentially have to, like, imagine a sexual encounter, right? And then fill in what that looks like or, or what that should, what images should essentially kind of represent the act, of the, the sex act. Um, did she talk about, like, the representations themselves? Like, is it predominantly a certain type of sexual subject um like is there you said there's a lot of like stepmother porn well, but like is it is it like what's... pretty hetero is it a like what kind of bodies i guess are i th- I, th- I think if you're talking about what's trending it's going to end up being pretty hetero pretty like typical uh pornish body types so it's I will not say, it's not uh, like radical and like no, If you're talking about what's trending, no, it's never going to be positive. Because you're just you're following it. the trends rather than trying to like create a new thing, make them. Yeah, I will say one thing that she told me that's interesting is that she's now got a, a writing gig and um, she's writing um, lesbian porn for a company that's that's all they produce. And hmm. well, I was going to say, isn't all porn lesbian porn because that's what straight porn is for guys? <laughs> is <laughs> Right. It's just the equivalent well, of like you two chicks make out. Yeah, right. basically. She submitted a script and the producer was just like, um, this isn't too masculine a voice. This needs to be more feminine. The producer is a man <laughs> making lesbian porn and they found her script too masculine, which I just thought was fascinating. What what the when do you look That's progressive, right? How okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'm just going to step away from that one. Good for her. I'm very interested in this industry. Bring her on hacks. Yeah. We can modulate her voice so that she can speak like Elizabeth Holmes if she likes. <laughs> she can do the interview and then Morale will dub over all of her lines with the Elizabeth Holmes voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's uh, there's a lot we can do. Anyway, I just, I, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. I just think that's a whole area worthy of like study and 
that is kind of interesting. Rosemary? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me uh, because Quebec, I mean, I remember reading this article about how Quebec had these machines. They were, that you could have sex with the machine. And this is like at least 10 years ago. There's some kind of fiberglass thing you could fuck for men and you'd stand up. Do you know about that? Like, Isn't that just a glory hole? Yeah, but it was kind of like a slot, like a um, vending machine, but you could... What's yeah, on the other side was... of the hole? So it's just a flashlight. I, I think it, I think it vibrated. Yeah, I think it vibrated. It was a Vice article. So Quebecois people generally, people who live in the province of Quebec are more... So basically motor plus flashlight plus glory hole so, equals profit? But the best part is your up. characterization that it's like a vending machine. <laughs> Presumably, yeah. like outside of Walmart. So I just, I just put in the Google. I just Google Quebec fiberglass machine for sex. And, yeah. and Did it, it come up? No, the top hit was Quebec pilot project will introduce sexual education to daycare age children. <gasps> okay, so um, that's good. So is that Which they will need about? when the vending machines start showing up. Try Vice magazine. Okay, I'm, pu- I'm, pu- I'm gonna. Well, okay, you guys keep talking while I do this. Yeah. This is our technology podcast. Welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> As we do really bad Google searches for things. Have you have you tried putting terms in quotation marks so that it doesn't break them up? That's a little little bit of a tip for your googling. Um, I guess okay. So, but questions. I'm still trying to pull this up. I don't. I mean, I trust you, Rosemary. I think if anyone knows about a vending machine that gives sex with fiberglass <laughs> machines, it'll be you. Um, but, uh, I guess, okay, so here's a question and maybe you, you pointed to this and I missed it, but what's the, um, okay. What are the labor practices like for someone in this industry? Yeah. Great question. Oh, um, that's also kind of funny. So, um, she was telling me that cause, uh, we were trading stories about job interviews and stuff like that. And she was explaining that, um, this company that is, has all these ties to porn production. Um, they're another one of those, like trying to make work fun type places where the work-life balance is really skewed um, because they're, they're, they really are um, bending over backwards to try to make it seem like a fun workplace because so many of the jobs are so tedious and or horrific. And it hasn't stopped their turnover problems at all, as I understand it. Like recruiting for them is a real bitch. Is it? And what's like, what are the credentials needed to work? Like, just out of curiosity though, like, but like, how do you... Like, cause you know, I imagine a lot of people. I think you just need to be an an enthusiast. Really? I feel like. I mean, for certain jobs. I'm not. You're looking at me like I'm interested. No, I go on. But it's. But I guess, like you know, for instance, like Montreal is an interesting place because you've got um, a lot of like like a lot of educated folks there with formal, you know, higher ed um, who maybe are transplants and maybe aren't francophone. And so, you know, in terms of kind of employment, like I I wonder if like a really great recruitment strategy for for these types of companies to just like, I don't know, troll McGill and Concordia and like UDM and like just try to get liberal arts degree holders to like apply for jobs. I'm I'm not sure they're not doing that, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, um anyway this is this is a topic I I I'd, I'd like to revisit later possibly with a guest and maybe get into a little deeper because to be honest my knowledge of it is not deep. I just I I I just a few small details I wanted to share there. Sorry, I think I might have found uh Rosemary's sex machine. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. 2002 
article. I don't know if yeah. this is it. Yeah. Um, called The Sex Machine. Very uh, imaginative. Does this sound right? A final product yeah. of eight foot tall sheet of plexidat glass molded into the shape of a voluptuous woman as if, say, Pamela Anderson had run into a wall of molten plastic and had every, her every curve and bump preserved unto eternity. Jesus. Does that sound right? And then between the legs of said indentation is a metal tube that has been lined with an inflatable blood pressure cuff. The client slides a specially designed latex sleeve whoa, with French ticklers on the inside under uh, over his enthralled magnificence, inserts it into the tube and pumps up the cuff to achieve the desired tightness. Okay. Does that so sound to right? Be fair, to be fair, that is exactly what sex is like. <laughs> <laughs> I just before we move off of this, I, I, I the only thing that I can read over Morel's shoulder right now says the guy came up with the idea for his creation while polishing his car with an industrial strength buffer, which is the least sexy. <laughs> Hell yeah! I should I should also the last don't kink shame Rob. Oh yeah, that's true. The last sentence of that paragraph, just to finish it. Uh, so after the desired tightness. Let me just end this um, so that we have the whole paragraph. <laughs> a nearby rotary dimmer switch allows him to control the degree of vibration that surges through his genitalia all the way from a delicate brushing of butterfly wings to an ooh, mm, my God, I'm fucking a dump truck effect. <laughs> and that's how it's written. That's not me. <laughs> this is probably yeah. a good time to mention that the, the genesis for this episode was um, the possible opening of a sex doll brothel in toronto and if you are extremely online you already know this story but in august mid-august there were some rumblings that um someone was going to open up essentially a suite in a strip mall with multiple rooms and in each room would be a silicone doll they're called real dolls real doll.com called Non-human people, Rob? <laughs> Non-human people. Um, and <laughs> oh, you could, Jesus. You could rent out the company of these dolls for a half hour at a time or what have you. And so, uh, unfortunately, this idea was killed before its time and the place is never Unfortunately. Opened. And so, but we it got us to thinking that, like, this is a pretty important... Yeah. Some of us on this program think that this is a very important advent and, like, possibly a service that people would want and should have access to. Sure. And when I started looking at the pictures of the sex dolls available, I was, got very interested. <laughs> Is that so? Merle, if you could just describe this image that I'm showing you. Uh, it looks like a dead person with like, re- like really oversized breasts um, and like emojis on top and then there's like a flame where i think the <laughs> vagina it's it's supposed to be a woman i think and there's a like a flame emoji over the genital area um that has like essentially i don't know what you'd call this font it's almost comic sans but more like graffiti-esque and it just says lit and then omg and the emoji that goes like right next to the breast is like a happy face with hearts it's very strange <laughs> so this is just one of the lovely ladies that you could spend time with at aura dolls in vaughn great place to have it vaughn you know you you didn't mention hold on you didn't mention her employment she's clearly a nurse 
Oh, is well, that what she's you're supposed to be? Yeah, you were talking about professional women before. This is what you get is like a high quality. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, woman. I didn't get the coding that she's supposed to be. A what nurse. did you think the cross was supposed to be? I thought maybe some kind of like military or some sort of religious icon. Yeah, I was into like, yeah. like, <laughs> It's pretty. Like maybe she was in the Red Army faction or something. Well, like it's. She looks like. The Greek Orthodox Church. Yeah, I thought she was like a Greek Orthodox priestess who meets like some kind of rogue military cell. I don't know. Anyway, that's a, that's a great laugh we just had about an image no one can see. Yes, that's but, right. Um, Excellent. The, uh, the 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 main thing I think we wanted to talk about today is um, sort of the uh, another side of the coin. I don't know how many sides this fucking coin has. Terrible, terrible analogy. Of uh, if sex it's Bitcoin, and it has and... endless because it's indivisible. Oh, <laughs> fuck. oh shit! Of you know, <laughs> sex, <laughs> romance, desire, all that stuff it's... on the internet um, is Rob has uh, procured what I can only imagine is a delightful list of. Would you call these alternative dating apps? Niche dating apps? Well, what are we? What are we looking at? They are here? pretenders to the throne. So I've spent That's the last couple days um, looking at the dating app space, and I, it should be noted that I am in a mostly loving monogamous relationship and have been for quite some time. And so, Wait, I, is, it, is it mostly loving or mostly monogamous? <laughs> well, you uh, let's get through this segment and then you tell me. But um, <laughs> so I've never, I'm have actually never partaken in any of these, but I find it endlessly fascinating that like. A lot of people I know are younger. I went to grad school late. And so, you know, a lot of my friends are sort of in the dating app world. Like, this is how they're trying to find their mates, right? And, like, it's endlessly fascinating to me. And if you're a young person listening to this podcast, fuck you. Because I sound really old. Whatever. I'm right. But it's... Rob, I would argue that you find it endlessly fascinating because you've never done it. I guess so. I guess so. Because if you had, you wouldn't find it that interesting. (laughs) But it is interesting that like you're you're mediating what is potentially the most important decision you'll make in your entire life, like who you're going to end up with or whatever, have fun with. Yeah, you're assuming people want to end up with someone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can do the intro if you want. God damn it. (laughs) To the apps. Okay, people is what I'm saying is like, go out and meet someone at the library, go to church, go to school. Share a share a share a Sunday at your local diner with two straws. Just do it like we used to do it in the old days. Get a malt. Get a malt. A shake. But it's go to the sock hop. But what? So so I'm like, you're fucking wasting your time on Tinder. But when I started doing all of this research, I realized that like the the dating app space, like so many digital spaces, has now atomized. Right, and so there are like hundreds of individual dating apps that are like. Um, customized to certain wants or constraints or um, different ways that people live, right? And so the idea is that you join the tribe that you most identify with, uh, one or two or however many apps, and then uh, try to find people to hang out with that way. So you have apps for tall people. That's the app Tall Friends. You have rich people, the app Luxie. Celiac people, gluten-free singles. People with beards, (laughs) Bristler. Um, farmer people, farmers only, threesome hot. people, uh, that one is called Field, formerly Thrinder, with a numeral three. You have Bacon people, Sizzle, Horse people, Equestrian Cupid, Weed people, hi there, Goth people, Gothic match, <laughs> Sailing people, Sea Captain date, Clown people, Clown dating, Conspiracy people, Awake dating. 
you I have love that one. Ob- <laughs> you have objectivists atlas sphere which is a good name you have people in planes Point. wingman you have graveditters morticians funeral directors dead meat is the name of the app that's a fucking Holy good name fuck. wow. and of course you have abdl's <laughs> diaper mates abdl is uh, adult baby diaper lovers so <laughs> You have you have the menu, right? Like you have the selection to like join the group that you most identify with, right? It's it's really it's an amazing thing, right? I have a friend. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, hold on. What do you do with the with the intersectional people? Like, what if what if I'm at the intersectional of beard loving diaper diaper person? <laughs> then what do I do? That's, a, do I have that's to an find... excellent question. That actually yeah, is it's an good. excellent question. Then you have to go on OK OK Cupid. Then you may be interested, Simon, in the app first. So here's here's the tagline. I'm going to pitch it to you. You have an awesome idea for a first date, but no one who wants to date you. What? So, <laughs> so the idea is Isn't that, that just for your, your profile is essentially, no, that was the sex doll brothel. Your your profile is just your your idea for the date, and then people rate you up or down based on that. So for your what? intersectional person, the bearded ABDL, maybe you could incorporate some of that content. Wait, but that sounds more like for coming up with novelty dates. It's not necessarily yeah, like I'm going to take like you aimed... to a circus. Is that a good or bad idea? Right. right, or like, but it doesn't sound like it's aimed at a particular type of person or a person with a particular predilection. Okay, well, let me hit you with this one. So we have a, a an app called Hinge, and the big idea here <laughs> is that uh, you have to sign up through Facebook, and it scrapes your whole social graph, and now you're only oh presented with people who are friends of your friends. That's terrible. So if you have chosen the lifestyle of an ABDL, we all know someone who has, all of your friends know about it, and so you get vouched for that way. So it's a reputational okay, scheme on. On t- like layered on top of your social media? I would say 50% of these are just ways to get your data. Yeah. <laughs> 50 only 50 yeah. percent um so so the clown that that's a real thing i oh, and we're not no kink shaming yeah no. we should say we no. should make yeah, clear no. yeah absolutely not everyone no. gets to kink shame once only one <laughs> though but so the clown thing that's real that's real i mean um, people want to dress as clowns and have sex as clowns well i hey who knows you live as a clown what you do in your bedroom is your business i i have a question so i have oh no, just on that topic. Rosemary has lots of questions. I just on that topic though. Are juggalos <laughs> limited from like? Are juggalos clowns? Oh, that's a great. Now that's we're a getting great into question. it. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not trying to be rude. And again, I'm not trying to shame anyone. I just have. Do they like if a juggalo were to sign on? How would there be facial recognition? Say no. Actually, you're a juggalo. Please use this other app. There's no way in hell they don't have their own app. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, would yeah. is there like you say? Is there kind of what happens with people who are kind of either at the intersection um, of a variety of like vectors of identity, or you know maybe like they can pass as clown if they're juggalo, or vice versa. I don't know. So I have I have thoughts about juggalo versus clown, and my main thought is clowns wear multicolored facial makeup, mm, okay, and jaunty colors, and juggalos only wear black. Right, so I would say a juggler is not is a clown. Is it black, Simon? Is it black or or white? <laughs> Simon, no, <laughs> listeners, you can't see what Simon's wearing, but there's a reason we're asking him. He's... It's funny that you mentioned um, facial recognition <laughs> earlier because another good one is Badu, B A D O O. So in this dating app, uh, you don't upload your own picture; uh, you upload a picture of a celebrity that you would like to hang That's out with. That's a great with, idea for an and app. Then using yeah. 
then using facial recognition, it pairs you with people who look most like that celebrity. Wow. wow. That is so fucked up. Yeah. That is wild. But wait, hold on. I want to rewind a bit to the last one that you mentioned where it only sets you up with people who you're already connected with. Mm-hmm. Yes. In some way. Because that, to me, like, I only go I only go through, like, intermittent periods of trying to use an, an app. Like, once every couple of years, I'll try it for a bit and then I'll give up just due to mortification. And... To me, the whole appeal of 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 the the general apps, your OK Cupids or whatever, is that you're meeting people who you don't know and don't know anyone you know, so that you can just it's a clean slate. Yeah. Why would you want anything but a clean slate? So I think the pitch is that you meet a lot of weird people on Tinder or whatever. Um, and so wouldn't you like to meet people who others in your social circle already have a connection with and like vouch for as not creeps or not like weird people or like high quality people, essentially? Yeah, I would say there's two types of people in the world, people who want to date only within their social circles and people who would prefer to have nothing to do with their basic social circle and um, want the privacy uh, that comes with that. Yeah, I mean, to my mind, dating only within your social circle is like an invitation to real problems down the line, if you keep it up. So actually, (laughs) funny we're talking about this because there's another app called Down, and this one is um, you you sign on to it through Facebook, and it's like kind of stealth mode. So no one knows that you're using it until they also use the app, and it'll uh, let you go through your Facebook friends, Tinder style, and then vote, uh, I would fuck this person or not. And the idea is that once they eventually sign up, uh, people only the people who um, mutually match get notified. So it's just like Tinder. Yeah, but only for like trying to fuck your friends. Huh. Is that different than Facebook dating? Because isn't Facebook introducing a dating service or a haven't they done service? that already? Yeah, I think so. Look, there are like hundreds of these extremely niche apps and I find it hard to believe that they're not making money somehow. Like whether it's through advertising or selling data that they collect uh, or scrape from other places or paid plans. Like someone has to be making money in this industry, right? Well, just on that topic, I mean, I think the the whole like, you know, don't worry, we can use math to find you love. Um, I think ironically, maybe the one thing math can't solve is loneliness. Um, but <laughs> but like um, on that topic, okay, so for, I don't I don't use dating apps. I've been in, in a long-term relationship and even um you know when i was dating i always i never really i just met people at places like i was i don't know an analog kid i guess um but i've helped a few friends set up their dating profiles on on various things like okay cupid um and it seems like at least from okay cupid was this the last one i can remember um it's pretty crap like it's like do you like trucks and then if you like trucks, then it like filters based on on like a variety of like really shitty questions um, that are aimed to kind of capture broad categories of interest. But one of the things that I always find interesting is, you know, what types of, again, go back to kind of this question of the body and like how apps kind of expose certain aspects of the body in different ways, meaning that like they essentially kind of other differently. So for instance, like I'm thinking of, um, there was a paper that came out um, last year by an excellent scholar, Carl Bonner Thompson. Um, where he looks at kind of, uh, you know, aspects of embodiment and in, 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 in dating apps, specifically with um, with gay men in Newcastle um, in the UK. And he kind of 
points out that what's interesting is that a lot of people essentially who were kind of maybe older would show off their like bodies, right? Like flesh was kind of one way to kind of um, essentially uh, undercut the fact that maybe they were older men. Um, and so for those of you who have used apps, like how does the body play into these various applications that attempt to essentially kind of attempt to get you either laid or find the one? Like what's your experience? And you don't have to, if you don't want to answer that, that's fine. Or like hypothesize it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose that you could, just depends on how you, it's, yeah, it's up to you how you decide to present yourself. If you want to emphasize your physical attributes. Also, anyone who's on the date and wants to remain anonymous will generally have um, torso shots to mm. avoid showing their face. Yeah, that's a code, not very subtle code. Well, and I've, they're cheating I, on their partners. <laughs> as I understand it, the issue on, um, on on Grindr specifically is that there's a huge surplus of, of men who just don't share images at all. Yeah. So, like, you have to you have to dig a little bit. You have to start uh, chatting to even get any visual visual information at all. Where it's like more or less totally private. Um, so it's it's like it. I think it varies wildly from app to app. Like some of them are based on. If you don't have any pictures, you're not going to get any play at all, period. And then there's others where you're expected to do some digging. Yeah, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, the, and I think these are the answers probably somewhere in the middle and, and contradictory um, and, and simultaneous at the same time. But, you know, do you consider these dating apps, for those of you who've used them, and for even for you, Rob, who claims to not have used them before, are these <laughs> oppressive? Are these algorithms of oppression or are they emancipatory? Are they liberatory in some way? Well. I, th- I think I think the answer answer is kind of banal um, morale because uh, s- say you have uh, a dating app and you get uh, notifications it's like one among many notifications you get like you get news notifications and mail notifications and weather notifications and whatever pedometers. So many different things, and so it's just like a kind of another thing that you have to check. <laughs> it's not oppressive; it's just another another notification that you might ignore because you're busy <laughs> and and you can't and you can't only just look at your phone all day. So right, so it's like it's like I walked five kilometers and uh, I've got six emails and oh, there's a dick in there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. What, so there's sounds fine to me. There, <laughs> my everyday. <laughs> So there's a big movement in these apps actually to, um, at least in their sales pitches, reduce the amount of noise because like everyone deals with all these digital distractions all the time, right? So like one of the new things that apps are trying to do is um, highly curate your choices. So there's a a really popular app called um, Coffee Meets Bagel. Oh, I don't really understand the significance of the name. Terrible. Yeah, but the idea the is that um, the algorithm will, <laughs> will go. Wouldn't it be it, better if it, if it was like cucumber meets bagel or something right? like, like that? Cream Banana cheese? meets bagel. I think they were trying to go <laughs> for. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. right. I was still going. Up. Okay. <laughs> I think they were trying to go for a double entendre, but then like chickened out at the last second. So coffee right. meets bagel. You get one match per day. At noon, everyone, I think it's every guy gets one match for one lady, and then um, they can say yes or no, and then the all the women who got yeses will um, receive a notification or something like that. But the idea is like instead of endlessly scrolling through your phone to find matches, you just you get one that's picked by the machine. 
Um, or what if you wanted to go the other way and make your entire life about a dating app? Well, I have one for you. It's called The Grade. This app was designed, and I'm quoting, for the most desirable singles and aims to create a community of desirable, responsive, and articulate singles by expelling failing users. What? So you are the, the <laughs> algorithm. Sound terrible. Their algorithm, which they stress, is objective. Grades your profile based on how popular it is, how much activity you have, how much like engagement, the like quality of your content. By the way, we're at a point now where like we're all having to like be content creators for our own dating app profiles. Yeah, make your that's d- fucked up. If your dick's not content, then what is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And users. Well, hold. On. Sorry, is this is this grade or grave? It sounds more <laughs> like grave. Difference? Like you don't, your content isn't good enough. You're fucking dead to us. Well, yeah, users whose uh, grade falls below a certain level, they get expelled from the service. That's Jesus. Oh, that's... Or what if your algorithm were human? Here's an app called the Bracket. So here's how this what? works. Instead of scrolling through all the users and saying yes or no, you get sixteen people you may be interested in and like a sports bracket yeah like a sports bracket (laughs) for each pair you say this one or this one and then they go into like the quarterfinals semifinals and then finals and wait when you dismiss when you when you dismiss people do they get to talk to each other (laughs) and trash talk you it's like the bachelor yeah (laughs) um the bracket did steal my heart because they have a blog and the first uh most recent entry in their blog is 10 reasons to date a basketball player (laughs) Which killed me as a, like, do you need 10, you know? Just need one, really. Yeah. Um. So, Rob, is there, are, are we playing a game here? Like, are, are you, are you going to reveal soon that you made four of these up and we have to guess, guess no, which ones? These are, these are all real. These are all real. Um, can I just jump in here? I have two things that I want to bring up. One is the, okay, so one is who is actually creating these algorithms? I would like to know. Um, do these people use their own apps? Do they use apps at all? I don't know. This is interesting. Please, if you if you do if you've created a, a dating app, get in touch. What is it? Hacks at dot admin at hacks dot fm. <laughs> um, the second question is, um, you know, what about? And I guess this is a, a more general discussion. But one of the things I find interesting is that I've heard a lot of, um, in particular, I've been talking yeah. to a lot of. My friends who are straight guys, and uh, they were talking about how uh, since especially with the rise of Me Too, they they are really interested in dating apps because it kind of um, takes away some of the fear that they might get Me Too'd, which I thought was a pretty weird um, – as a woman, um, I thought that was garbage. But um, I'd like to hear your take on that because one of the the apps that I came across in my cursory research for this, this episode um, was one that has to do with um, – like that came up about after the Me Too movement, um, where you the app allows you to legally consent to sex. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a contract. That doesn't. Yeah, that's hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but hold on. Legal fling app. <laughs> but... It lets users set out which practices they are and are not, are not comfortable with, record sexual consent in a legally binding agreement, which is fucked. <laughs> It's that's that's actually horrible or or hot yeah. or hot like, around depending yeah, <laughs> it, but like so discuss. <laughs> I mean, who who's gotten burned enough times that they want to go look for this app? That's fucked up, right? right? Like, who would sign up and be well, like, "No, I mean, 
to to me what's fucked up about it is that like people people who think this app is useful obviously think that consent is some like binary yeah. where it's like yeah. oh i had consent for this so now i can go ahead and... <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah it's, it's like, like no actually i'm not interested anymore sorry but you signed this smart contract <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um, oh, is it like, a smart you know, contract, bro? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, I think that anyone just who fail. thinks that way, anyone who thinks that that is the problem, that like there's this, there's there, these very clear lines that have been crossed. You know, there's been so much good writing about you know encounters people have had where they just felt like there was an obligation to do things, mm-hmm. or there yeah. was you know extenuating circumstances, or you know, trying to figure out the difference between abuse and bad sex. And this is, this is stuff that no app can fix. Unless you have the app <laughs> called Happen. Okay, this one. It's never ending. You don't, you don't actively match with people. You have it on your phone. You're walking around the city. And then whenever you pass someone who also has the app, the, the two instances of the app talk to each other and say, hey, you just passed morale on the street. Would you like to match with her? And then you also have stats on like how many times you've passed that person and like when it happened and where it happened. So oh, a very that cool is creepy. And not yeah. creepy app. That's really creepy. Wow. I mean, I guess one of the things that is interesting to me is um, how would this, like how are these apps used in, in other places, right? Where maybe like we live in the West and pretty open society. Um, but I wonder if, if users, you know, can essentially kind of, even though these are quite exploitative, terrifying um, in many ways, but maybe they can subvert them to use them for their own purposes to find some form of like space of sexual freedom. And I'm thinking in particular, like I remember uh, being in the Middle East uh, in the United Arab Emirates many years ago, hanging out at like a a mall because that's all there is there. And, um, you know, everyone was like, I was talking to this woman and she was saying that the way that they were like dating essentially no, not dating, like the way they were hooking up, this is pre-Tinder, was that they would just like Bluetooth someone sitting next to you. Oh, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and I was like, that's pretty smart, right? But you had to be really like hush-hush yeah. about it so that you wouldn't, you know, maybe be seen doing it, um, especially depending on certain types of encounters. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think all of these apps are created in a uh, a society in which we can be more open in certain ways, as long as you agree to the terms of service of the app. Um, (laughs) But I I can certainly think of digital spaces that have been um, uh, used in creative ways for sex. I mean, Craigslist is probably the the biggest one, right? Like it was created, I think this is true. It was created for like innocent purposes of buying and selling stuff and looking for apartments and very quickly turned into a place, uh, a great place to find sex work, as I understand it. Well, I think it's mostly um, back pages now, or mm-hmm. it was. Mm. But they recently got um, shut down, not... right? Exactly. In the States, at least, yeah. Um, that was a big uh, a big problem for sex workers. And remains a big problem. Yeah. But the, the premise of having all of these apps now is that you don't have to hide who you are. I mean, you have to hide who you are, right? Because we all do. <laughs> but you don't have to Every hide who us, you yeah. express yourself to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and there's also yeah. something super insidious, though, like to go back to the whole, like, you know, the one that matches you to the celebrity you think is hot or whatever, like the attractiveness algorithm, as it's called, right? Um, some scholars have pointed to that and how it, like, selects for certain, like, what is attractive according to an algorithm. But I certainly wouldn't be. 
right? Like, I mean, it, I think it depends. Uh, like, there's again, there's certain bodies that are going to be um, considered desirable, and depending on who's coding these things in. Yes, sorry. Do you want to say but the, but well, the celebrity celebrities are a good uh, shortcut to attractiveness because that's what's generally culturally celebrated as attractive people are uh, movie stars and rock stars, etc. So, but that's reinforcing the notions of like uh, beauty that predominate. Like I don't know. No, that's the point. <laughs> hey, you're trying to fuck. <laughs> you want hot people, you know, like. You, right, so you don't care if the tail's wagging the dog <laughs> yeah. or not. <laughs> I mean, uh, so we've talked a lot on this show about like how um, problematic algorithms can be in like putting our trust in that. And this dating app is a really good um, example of that. So I was, I was reading this article about Badu is the facial recognition dating app. And it said that um, the, the writer uploaded a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal, like I want guys who look like this. And what it returned was just pictures of guys with beards. <laughs> like not actually necessarily attractive just they have the the main facial feature it's weird people are always stopping me on the street to tell me i look exactly like jake right Hall. who is that <laughs> <laughs> which one is he <laughs> he's donnie darko you'll remember that oh yeah okay i just chose the oldest possible roles so that you would remember it's <laughs> a very, hacks, the only a very one I on brand <laughs> movie pick you know that i, I don't watch movies that uh, before like 1998 or something or 2005. So we should probably think about wrapping this one up. But I mean, I think we, we're now in a position to conclusively declare apps bad or apps good. <laughs> I think all apps bad except for the app Tin Dog, which I think is a play on <laughs> Tinder. So this one, you don't upload your own picture. You upload pictures of dogs that you like, and then you match based on that. Or you could try the app Twin Dog, which is the same thing, but it not only matches you to a person, but matches you and your dog to a a person and their dog. Wait, wait, wait. Who are you fucking in this app? The do- wait, who out. is who is Jury's fucking? Out. Sorry, I should reframe that. Is it? I think are that's the humans? Up to, you're going to have to check the terms of service on that one. <laughs> like, yeah, did the dogs? Uh, I, yeah, okay, I have a lot of questions. I'm going to leave it there. You, I think you have too many questions for us to answer in the time span of this. Episode. I just have- I could take wow. Ontario's sex ed curriculum. Yeah. Oh, nice one. <laughs> oh, well, just just to close, I do have a clown sex anecdote. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a friend of mine. This is a, remember this is a family uh, podcast, Rosemary. It's not. Go ahead. This friend of mine who was a like just out of high school and they got a job as a, a clown with a sandwich board advertising as a furniture store, and then one of the other clowns because they would stand at different intersections and then apparently people would always um, like give them the finger and stuff. They, they attracted a lot of aggression for some reason. But but <laughs> Because t- clowns are terrifying and yeah, horrible. Yeah, that's true. That's why. But, and this one woman was started getting stalked by a clown in a car who would sit in a car. What? And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 100% true story. And yeah, they called the police. So those, those people are out there. <laughs> <laughs> Clowns, you mean? Wait, I'm I'm confused. (laughs) Was the clown doing the stalking, or was the was the the clown being? Yeah, was the clown the employee? The the (laughs) clown was the employee, but she was being stalked by another clown in a car who wasn't one of the one of the clowns. Hold on, (laughs) were they both clowns? Were they both? Yeah, yeah. He was dressed like a clown. The man. That's why we need the app. But see, there the clown thing might be incidental. Like he might have just been stalking a woman. He forgot he was wearing clown makeup. It's possible. It's possible, Simon. Yeah. 
<laughs> or maybe it was an aspirational thing where the clown wanted to get that job. <laughs> you know, he would kill to get it. The, the creepiest part to me is it only just occurred to me that like there might now be a resurgence oh. in clown porn because of the movie It. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'll Google that. Yeah. Google clown porn. Okay. Okay. And with that, listeners. Yeah. So, um, listeners, we're gonna go on private mode for a bit and take a look at some images. <laughs> Um, and not talk to you, but uh, we'll be back next week. I hope you've enjoyed, uh, if it's possible, this this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back to something resembling normal programming next week. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter if you feel like it. And, at uh, RG I'm, I'm Scherf, at that's S-C-H-E-R-F. Yes, Rob, that is your handle. <laughs> um, Morale, you're at Snootlip still, I take it? I think so. And Rosemary is at Rose M. Heather. And uh, visit visit our humble blog and website at hacks.fm. And that's it. Oh, and also consider rating us and reviewing us on the iTunes because it would really help. And uh, that's it. Thanks for Thanks, listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.